Imagine that you had to drive about 45 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on traffic, to get to your nearest or closest running group. And you decided that was a bit far on a given day. Maybe it was a Sunday, let's say. So that Sunday, you showed up in your community. You didn't have to drive anywhere. It was very close. A few of your friends decided that you'd get together on a Sunday and that you'd go out and you'd run. And you'd enjoy some conversation and getting your run in, something that you were passionate about, something that you enjoyed. And then that was it. But then, picture meeting again the next Sunday. And then continuing on Sunday after Sunday. And it wasn't just you and your friends. Now it became other people that started to join this running group. And it started to grow. More people started to show up. It seemed like more and more people in the community wanted something close. So they didn't have to go so far. Or they didn't realize how beneficial a group was to run with. Now picture in 2015, there's only a few. Michael Weisberg being one of the few that showed up. He'll name some of the rest, some of the others that helped begin the South Bay Runners Club in 2015. Fast forward to 2019, and the club has grown to roughly 400 members. <laughs> now, this, as an entrepreneur, this is something that we would aspire to. It's incredible the amount that this club has grown in such a short amount of time. I am so humbled and grateful to be a part of the running club and that these these individuals like Michael, they've came, they came together and started this group and grown it to what it is today. And there's so many benefits from running as a group, running together as a community. We launched this podcast right here, Transformations Through Running. Because of the group, because of we found over 1,500 active participants on the Facebook group, which I highly encourage you to join if you're a runner. And you can see what's going on. They're posting continually. They're posting daily. A bunch of posts go up. They're always doing something through meetup events or through charity or through a Christmas party, for example. And it's just something. It's special. It really is. I've never seen anything like it. Never been any been a part of anything like it before personally and I've really enjoyed it and again I so much appreciate Michael and his crew that came together and started the club and are here today and I know Mark has, has been influential and he still shows up every Sunday to go to, to to go to the run where it actually began but there's multiple runs throughout the week and you'll hear all about it Michael has a very interesting story he has a successful excuse me a success story in his own rights that he's going to share but I just feel grateful and I think so many other people do that the South Bay Runners Club is here and what it has to offer the community and it all began through a few people like Michael and I'm so grateful that he came on that they fully embraced this new podcast we put together with the South Bay Runners Club. Most of the interviews we've had thus far are members of the running club. So I hope that some of the members that are new or some of the members that have been here for a while find some insights to how the club started and find some, who knows, new information that they may have never heard from someone like Michael who was there from the right, from the very beginning. And to me, what's most astonishing, I suppose, is the short time frame that this group was put together and how much it's grown in such a short time and how active it is and how close a community they've built. And uh, again, grateful to be a part of it 
And I'm happy that we're able to put this podcast together for the group and with the group. And it will expand and we'll grow and we'll find new interviews and new outlets. But for now, being a part of the South Bay Runners Club, along with this podcast, really means a lot to me. And I appreciate everyone that started the group, everyone that's currently in the group. And that's what we have going on today. This is Drew, and you're listening to the Transformations Through Running Podcast. All right, super excited to get into the interview. Before we do, just a quick word from our sponsor, which would be Complete Truth Protein. This is a product that we designed ourselves. It's a plant-based protein supplement. We have just released a new flavor, and it is going over so well. There's so many health benefits to our new chocolate flavor. We use cacao instead of cocoa, for example. Again, it's plant-based. We use hemp seeds and quinoa as our base. We put a little bit of vanilla bean in there for flavor, but the cacao really makes it stand out in many different ways. You can use it as, you can actually add it to coffee. You can use it as a morning elixir, for example, or an evening drink. It really tastes like hot cocoa. We use some a really nice sweetener in there, all natural, 100%. You don't have to worry about the ingredients. That's something we stand behind 100%. So if you're looking for some added nutrients, maybe to heal your body after a long run, or if you're looking for a boost of energy before a run or throughout the day, you got to give this a try. I got to tell you, we have so many in, incredible success stories or testimonials coming through from people that tell us not only does it taste great, but it's showing them a, a natural boost of energy. It's helping improve digestion. There's all kinds of different ways that you can use Complete Truth Protein in your daily lifestyle to add nutrients. It has all the macronutrients. This is more of a meal replacement. So if you struggle to get breakfast in, for example, if you struggle with an afternoon crash, or if you you simply don't have time to make the meals that you want to make, this is definitely for you. Check out truefarmlife.com slash complete truth protein for more details. All right, welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. Super excited to have Michael here with us. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Michael. It's a wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's our pleasure. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to sharing, to hearing what you have to share throughout this interview. Why don't you give our listeners a chance to resonate with you a bit? Tell us who you are, what you do. Okay. Well, I am originally from uh, the East Coast. I was born in New York um, and have slowly been making my way out west, uh, largely in part to escape cold weather. Uh, so... Of course, in order to do that, I went from New York to Michigan, which was uh, not exactly a step up in the weather, um, but a nice change of pace where I went to college. And then after college, I went to moved out to L.A. to go to grad school. Um, L.A. was something that was always on my radar, um, just coming out here when I was younger. So the chance to do that um, was wonderful, um, which is why I went to law school, in fact, and all of the schools that I applied was in Southern California, uh, just because I, you know, I was never a fan of gray skies and cold weather, snow and rain. Um, and ever since I've been out here, it's just been just a wonderful place to live. Uh, so as I said, I went to law school out here and decided pretty quick that I had no desire to really practice law. <laughs> uh, when I went to law school, I really didn't know what that meant. Um, other than, you know, parents saying, Michael, you should be a lawyer. Uh, so 
I was good at debate in high school um, <laughs> and probably argued with my parents a little too much. Uh, and then I came out here, um, finished law school and realized that just wasn't what my passion was. So I decided to move back to New York for a little bit and attend cooking school and then came back out here. And for the past, oh gosh, almost 20, over 25 years, have been working various jobs in the food world. Um, mostly I started in marketing and publicity. I worked a lot on cookbooks uh, and then have progressed into culinary event production. And then finally, what I've been doing lately is culinary producing and food styling for t uh, TV and film. So like one of the shows that I work on is a daytime talk show called The Talk. I also work on Jimmy Kimmel Live and a couple of other shows uh, where when they have chefs on to do cooking demonstrations, um, I help arrange the demonstrations and then do all of the food styling, all of the prep needed uh, so that all of their food is camera ready. Um, and then the other big events that I work on is uh, I've pr been producing the cooking stage at the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books now for 23 years, um, which is just uh, an awesome, it's the largest book festival in the country, um, and it's just a really fun event to work on, um, except for the fact that it always takes place uh, the weekend of the Boston Marathon. So that's been a, a little bit of a struggle of mine. Um, let's see, I am married uh, for now just over 20 years. We celebrated our 20th anniversary this past August. And I've got two kids, uh, 15 and 17. So going through all of that, what's next for them after graduation and figuring out college, which is uh, a fun little challenge. Um, in terms of running, and I know we'll get to it shortly, um, I've been an on and off runner uh, for, for, my, for most of my life, uh, kind of in two stages. I started when I was younger, took a hiatus, and then refound running about eight, nine years ago. And it's been an incredible, um, an incredible part of my life. I, I can't imagine what it was like. I don't remember what it was like to not have it part of my life. Wow. Sounds like you got a lot going on here. Uh, it's, it, it, it keeps it interesting. <laughs> okay. Let's run through your, the, your history here. So New York city is always exciting and I feel like it's magical. I don't know if that's like if you're you're born there or if you're a local, if it's like that, but we go we try to go just about every Christmas. Looking forward to going this year again. Is that something that you go back and look forward to visiting or are you kind of uh, transitioned and got away from the whole city thing? I love going back and visiting. Um, New York is a is my favorite city in the world. But it's just something that I wouldn't just don't want to live there. Um, maybe if I had the means uh, where I can escape whenever the weather, you know, turned, um, I would. Uh, but it is great to go back. Um, my father still lives in New York, so it's fun to visit. I don't go back nearly as often as I'd like. Um, it used to be a yearly occurrence, and now I haven't been back in several years. Okay, and then law school was interesting as well. So I have a similarity there. I actually took criminal justice and was one of my majors in university. And then I didn't really do anything with it either. <laughs> so, well, for you, I think it was your baseball career that probably got in the way of that. That's correct. <laughs> I need to take something, right, <laughs> to be able to play. 
And then this was interesting. You're cooking with the LA Times Festival. Just tell us briefly what that is. So I, I'm a pub, uh, self-published author myself. I know a few other people. Is this big name type of authors, or can anyone join or be a part of the LA Times Festival of Books? No, this is. I mean, we have hundreds of authors participate each year. We have over 160,000 people attend the festival, and we have different opportunities for authors to participate of all genres of books. So we do have main stages um, where we have more high-profile, well-known authors, a lot of celebrities uh, that write books that come out. Obviously, the cooking stage, um, where I have probably half of my authors are you know, the the big name chefs, the celebrity chefs, the, the TV Food Network stars. And then it's a lot of smaller authors that I feel that I can give a voice to that because they're not as big a name, they just don't have that opportunity for themselves. And I think the festival works for that across the board. There's lots of opportunities for you to meet your favorite authors, but then we also try and promote the ones that, you know, struggle to find an audience because this is just a way for them to reach just new people. Um, And with over 150 authors participating in the festival, yeah, there's definitely something for everyone. And there's definitely some ways for authors that don't have a big enough platform to find their way in, whether it's on a stage, on a panel, um, or just part of a, you know, a booth, an exhibitor booth at the festival. Very interesting. All right. I'd love to talk to you about that in more detail, maybe off there here. Absolutely. Um, okay, so moving on to a running here. This is the meat and potatoes, so to speak. Tell us about, so about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, you got more so into running. And this, I mean, you have this giant running group, the South Bay Runners Club, which is amazing. We're, we're so grateful that we found it and that we're, be able, we're able to be a part of it as well. How did you get from there to where you are now? Okay, well, if I can start back to when I was a kid, Um, That's really the first wave of where my running began. Um, My father was a runner, was a marathon runner back in the 70s. He kind of started with when the running boom started. He was uh, friends with Fred LeBeau, um, who was the longtime president of the New York Roadrunners and the founder of the New York City Marathon. So he ran his first New York City Marathon in 1979. Um, so I was eight years old at the time and that, that kind of got me hooked into running, um, in part seeing his transformation through running. He kind of started, it was a perfect time for him. He was around 40 years old. He was overweight and he started running. Um, and all of a sudden he lost a lot of weight. He became a lot healthier, um, you know, watching him going down to First Avenue and being a part of the crowd and witnessing this just event that is the New York City Marathon, which is a spectacular event, but it's been like that back in the day before there really weren't a lot of marathons that had that kind of audience, um, was just just really inspiring. And that was, you know, the first time that I was like, you know, one day I'm going to do this. Um, so he kind of got me into running and he would take me out running, but I didn't really understand the, the commitment needed for running to be very good. Um, I, so I ran a couple, you know, when I was seven, I think I ran my first race, which was a 5k. I ran in through high school and did cross country, um, and track. And unfortunately I never really had the coaching 
that led me to understand what it took to become a good runner. Um, you know, our, our track coach was also the football coach. So he kind of really understood how to work with sprinters and the field athletes. But for the runners, it was always just go run. So we would just go out and we didn't run very far. Um, and it was all one speed, which was just, you know, as hard as you can go, which isn't exactly the best way to develop as a runner. Um, you know, as we know, we need to do more slow runs to get fast um, and then integrate these smaller, fast workouts. So I was an okay runner, but I certainly wasn't a good enough runner to be placing in any of the races or looking at it as, you know, I can move on, um, which was a little frustrating. I also think that at the time, you know, running for me was a very solo activity, which I didn't exactly enjoy. I didn't have a lot of friends who ran, you know, if you weren't running with people on your team. So even before I got to high school, when I was in elementary school and middle school and running, sometimes I'd run with my father, but most of the time it was just, you know, me running around the neighborhood by myself. And back then there were no phones and iPods. You know, I think the Walkman came out <laughs> at some point, but that was big and clunky. And actually I never owned a Walkman. Uh, so I didn't listen to music when I ran. So there was just something, it wasn't as much fun. I really enjoy running with a group. Um, and we'll sort of segue uh, to that uh, shortly, um, the, the positivity of being able to run with a group and, and running in the South Bay with the South Bay Runners Club. Uh, so I kind of, after high school, I kind of took a break from running um, and took a break for quite a while. Uh, you know, I got married, had kids, was working. The time commitment I kind of put towards other things and kind of let my my health go a little bit um and it got to the point where i was reaching 40 and i gained a lot of weight and i was looking at the comparisons between myself and my father um and was like well he ran a marathon and got healthy maybe i should do that and this had been now almost 20 years that i was running very very little like occasionally i'd go out for a run just because of fitness and but for the most part, um, I was doing other things. And it, I remember the day, it was July 3rd. Um, we were hosting a 4th of July party and I was doing a lot of the cooking and tasting. And I got on the scale that day um, and I saw my weight and it was 197. And I'm pretty petite, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm 5'8 five, five, with shoes. <laughs> and I'm just don't have that really big build. Uh, so to be 197 was I was clinically obese. Um, and I was thinking, you know, this has to change. Oh, well, my father did it. So maybe I should try running. And while I didn't have that desire to run the marathon, because now over time, I had listened to my father complain about all of the injuries that he's had. And I was like, well, when I was a kid, I really wanted to run a marathon, but maybe it's not as much fun. I don't want to put in that, you know, actually do the race. I just want to get out there with runners and run and get back in shape. So I did. I actually joined the L.A. Roadrunners. And over the course of eight months, I lost 55 pounds. Wow. Um, it was, 
yeah, it was a, an incredible transformation, in part because of running, but in part because of the commitment to running led me to change the other aspects of my life, mainly my diet, um, that led me to, to this just great wealth, uh, weight loss and also really just got me healthy again in all aspects of my life. Um, and it was great. And during that training was when I realized, I realized a lot of different things during the training, but the most important um, for me later on was that I really loved running. I, I found my, my purpose, I found my passion um, again, that what I loved about running, both in the training and then the act of racing. Um, because I did end up signing up for the LA Marathon and in 2012 ran my first marathon. And it was just such an amazing experience that it went from, you know, thinking about this marathon that I'm running. And during my training, I started thinking about, okay, what's going to be the next marathon? And then, ooh, after that, maybe I can get good and qualify for Boston. Okay, well, when's that going to be? And now I'm like, I haven't run a marathon yet. And I'm thinking three or four marathons ahead. So it really was just a, an amazing transformation for me. Um, what is it about the Boston? I, in, I'm sorry? What is it about the Boston Marathon that everyone, it seems like most, I, mean, I think maybe everyone I talked to so far in transformations through running here is either their goal is or was Boston or something. Is, is that the most prestigious race around? It is the most prestigious race around because it's invitation. It's not invitation. It's qualifying, so you actually have to go out and prove that you are a. It's not an not an elite runner. Um, the qualifications are out there that you have to be, for your age, a very good runner. Um, so it's a goal that is absolutely attainable um, for. Most runners that I encounter, I really do believe that if you wanted to put in the work and the effort, and it's not easy, but if you wanted to put in the work, you can get there. So I like the fact that it's really challenging. It requires effort to do, but it's something that is attainable. Um, and the Boston community, after going there, it was one of the best experiences of my life, being around all of these people that went through the same thing that you went through. And maybe some of them are a lot faster than you. Some of them are a lot slower because of how you can age group in. It's all that just sense of community um, that is unlike any other um, race I've ever been a part of. I mean, it, someone put it best when they said being in Boston the weekend of the Boston Marathon is like living in Athletes Village the two weeks during the Olympics. So you did get a chance to qualify. So you did qualify and you did get a chance to run it. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Awesome. And then, so for other people that are working towards Boston, you feel like most people, if they were willing to put in the time and effort, could run this race as well? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, different people have different abilities, natural abilities and body types. And maybe for some, it's it's something that can't happen or would take a lot more work than they might have time to put in. But for everyone that I know that has really put in the effort, the major the overwhelming majority that have worked hard to do it have have seen success and have qualified or have gotten really close that it's just a matter of time. 
And what about New York? Isn't the New York Marathon a qualifier as well? No, New York is a lottery-driven. There are qualifying standards for it, um, which are a little bit harder than Boston, but that's only because the majority of the race uh, for New York is based on a lottery system. Uh, but there are some. There is a qualifying standard so that people can qualify uh, either with a faster half marathon or full marathon time. Okay. All right. So, so it's a, it, it is a goal of mine to to qualify for New York with a with a, a qualifying time, uh, just because my luck in the lottery has not been so great. <laughs> and how far are you off time wise from qualifying? Um, it's hard to say because one, thankfully, in a year I get the bump up in age group, so that'll save me two minutes. Uh, and unfortunately, I haven't been race ready. Uh, for quite some time, I've been a little injury prone over my career and also a bit unlucky with injuries outside of running and even some that were running related, but not necessarily due to my mistakes. So I'm, I'm hoping for the next year to stay injury free and try racing again in 2021. So tell us about your journey. You lost 55 pounds in eight months. I think for me, what's most appealing to that story right there is that you're able to lose that weight and keep it off. A lot of people can lose a lot of weight in a short amount of time, but it, I feel like it's that lifestyle and the ability to make that change sustainable. How were, how were you able to do that? Well, it's funny when you say keep it off because I know people will look at me and say, wow, you know, you look great or you look skinny even um i hide weight very very well so for me i i've kind of yo-yoed over the past few years um mostly because of getting injured and my relationship with food um something that we probably didn't talk about that might come as a surprise is i am orthorexic um which means that i have kind of an obsessive quality with food, which is both wonderful and detrimental at the same time. Uh, so when I'm training, I am acutely aware of every food that goes into my body, which was one of the reasons why I was so successful at losing 55 pounds um, over that eight-month period is I just ate very, very smartly. Um, I gave up all processed food, no refined flours, no refined sugars. I didn't starve myself. I was eating well. And actually, as someone in the food business, I can cook pretty well. So I was eating delicious tasting food. Um, but one of the downsides about being orthorexic is I'm constantly thinking about food, and that's not always a good thing. Um, you know, food should be an enjoyable, pleasurable experience. And sometimes it's more of a, okay, I have to eat because I am training and this is what I need to eat to fuel my body. And I really shouldn't be eating this because after doing a long run, I, you know, I need a certain percentage of carbs and, and protein and fat. And while some people might be having, you know, French toast or a burger and beer, that's not good for me. And it doesn't always it, it's not always the best thing in the world, but it did get me down to that weight. 
Um, and then when I've trained for other races, I've kind of been the same way. And then on the other side, when I'm injured, I kind of, I kind of get into a state where, oh, I'm not training for anything because I'm injured. Okay, now I can eat all of these foods that I wasn't eating when I was training. And then I end up going on this yo-yo of gaining back a lot of weight. Um, so I know that there's a balance and I'm, you know, it's, it's a struggle and I've been trying to find it. And for the most part, I've been pretty good. Um, but over this summer I was out for three months and gained a lot of weight. So I'm in the process of, of trying to lose that now. And that's my goal for, you know, from now until the end of 2020 is to get back into a healthy weight, do my race and then maintain that weight. Um, and I, I, I do think that's, that's doable. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes it's a struggle. What is the definition of orthorexic? I've never heard of this before. Like what, um, what's happening? I don't want to, as I'm not a clinician, I don't want to give a specific definition. I'm not comfortable giving a definition. It's something sure. where I've actually, you? I've never officially seen someone over it, but thankfully we have some people in our running club, um, that are psychologists, um, so I have gotten actually some really good advice uh, and also this diagnosis diagnosis while on runs. Uh, but basically, unlike anorexia or bulimia, where you're limiting food um, and being restrictive on calories, orthorexia is more a focus on the food. It's an obsession with the food that you're eating. Uh, and a lot of times that will then lead to, you know, things like I was doing where I'm eliminating all processed foods from my diet, uh, which is a healthy thing. It's just the, it's more the thought process that goes into it um, because sometimes it could lead to this lack of enjoyment where eating becomes more about the mental aspect of food rather than the, you know, physical aspect and the enjoyment aspect of it. So how do you get diagnosed? Could I have it? Uh, could anyone have it? I, I think I was just diagnosed because I was talking to some runners who are certified and or, or are doctors, um, and explaining to them, you know, how I was feeling and what my relationship was like with food. And the two that I had spoken to had both said the same thing. And then I, you know, I went on Dr. Google and looked it up and, <laughs> and, and found that. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. Like we, I've never, I hadn't heard of that, but I pay attention to everything i put in my body and read the ingredients and i'm always thinking about my next meal so i'm like maybe there's something else going on with me <laughs> um but at any rate let's talk about the south bay runners club i know you talked about the importance of that's finding that supportive community and what it was like to be in boston where did this idea come from and yeah share some details about how you guys formed this club sure uh so i'm going to take a step back and go back to my training for my first marathon. Um, one of the things that I got out of it was such an appreciation for the people who were my pace leaders uh, during my time running that year with the LA Roadrunners. And it was something that at the end of that season, it occurred to me that I wanted to give back to the running community, that I wanted to give someone that motivation and encouragement and knowledge that my pace leaders gave me because 
I think without them, I'm not sure that I would have completed the program. They were that instrumental for me. So I immediately then turned around and became a pace leader for the LA Roadrunners myself. Um, I figured that was the easiest way for me to give back. And I've been doing that for quite a while. I've been a senior pace leader uh, for the sub four hour marathon group for the last five years. And it's been a wonderful uh, opportunity. Um, so along with that, I met some other people uh, with LA Roadrunners and LA Leggers. And we used to, and we still do, we run in Santa Monica on Saturdays and we do our long run. And we were looking for a different location to do just a Sunday recovery run. Uh, we didn't want to constantly be running the same routes and also driving up to Santa Monica since I lived down in the South Bay. And a couple of the other people also lived in the South Bay. So one day we all just got together and we're like, let's meet up in Redondo Beach. Someone had run there before and, and had a good meetup spot uh, at Valley Park in Hermosa Beach because there were plenty of parking and it was right by the beach and we can go for a nice run. Uh, so we did that and we did that on a Sunday. And this was just going to be a one-time thing, at least as far as I thought. And then we were just all talking, and it just seemed natural, like, let's do this every week. So, okay, let's create a Facebook page. So I went back and I think just was doing some research on names that were taken and came up with South Bay Runners, um, which wasn't taken on Facebook and created a Facebook page and we started inviting people. And it was, you know, four of us that came up with the idea for this club. But at the time it was just a weekly meetup group, not really a running club. Um, and the great thing about it is the, the four of us are still on the board of, of the, now this uh, official club, the South Bay Runners Club. So we met up on Sunday and then we started inviting other people and little by little, more people came and more people came and now we had a pretty solid group running every Sunday and a year had gone by and there was a running store in Manhattan Beach called I Run MB that was going out of business and they had a run club which was on every Wednesday and we approached the owner of the the store and said you know what's going to happen to this run group and he's like you know to be honest um, I'm not really sure so we kind of talked about it and decided to take it over. Um, and thankfully, Skechers uh, is across the street um, with their store, and they've been incredibly uh, generous to, to our club and it became a, the first sponsor of our club um, and said we can run out of their store, uh, which we then did on Thursday nights. So now we had two days a week. So at this point now, it's time to officially incorporate as a, as a club. And we got together and thought about, you know, whether or not we wanted to do it. And it just seemed like the perfect idea that we had enough people. We now had two days a week to run and we became an official certified club, uh, a 501c3 nonprofit through the Roadrunners Club of America um, and certified through USA Track and Field. And we became the South Bay Runners Club. Uh, we then added on a date doing track workouts, originally at a track on aviation and then to Maricosta High School. And we've added on more runs. And it's just been kind of a this organic, wonderful, growing body ever since. Is it, do you want to mention the four that helped start the club or not really? Uh, sure. Just curious. Um, so the four are myself. 
uh, Barry Morrell, Mark Minicello, and David Levine. And we were four of the original uh, seven board members. Um, and it, it's just been it's been great. All, all four of us are still incredibly active in the club. It's kind of like our, our child in a way because we've seen it grow you know, from infancy to taking its first little steps. And now it's to the point where we see other people stepping up and taking on responsibility. And it's kind of like a child growing up and now getting ready to leave school and we're holding <laughs> on to it still. Um, but it, it's just been, it, it's been wonderful. Uh, it's, we have an incredibly diverse club, um, both in ability, but what I think I'm most proud of is the demographics. So the South Bay can be a little homogenous in some ways, especially Manhattan Hermosa, but the makeup of our club really is demographically so wide variety. We have we have everything. Um, you know, you name the 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 demographic check mark, and we have it. And and because of that, I think we're a very unique group um, in that we can attract a lot more runners uh, because we have something for everyone, um, but also how supportive everyone is and how tolerant everyone is. I mean, one of the great aspects of this group isn't so much how much we cheer each other when we're successful. Um, and we are, we do have a lot of members who are incredibly successful, but it's the support we give to our to our other members when they're having a bad day or when you know things happen in their lives that have nothing to do with with running um just the support i mean we we really it would be an understatement to say that we that we treat each other like family what do you think makes your club different than others like i've seen other clubs in the community running i've seen different people with different shirts on i'm sure you would i mean i know you'd know much more about that than i would but there's different running clubs it seems like all over but you guys have this giant club that's so supportive and there's so much going on with it why does yours club make is so much different than the others um like i said i think that we attract because we're so diverse we attract a lot of different types of runners you know there are a lot of clubs out there uh, some of which um, are based on ability um, and really don't, you know, they may be all people who are just really fast or all people who are just run walkers. Um, we kind of have, we kind of run the gambit on abilities. You know, we have, like I said, we have very fast runners. I mean, one of our runners, as you've interviewed already, is an Olympic trials qualifier and we're very proud of him. And then we had another runner this year who ran the LA marathon in just over nine hours. And I think we were probably more proud of, of his achievement. Uh, there was a group of us that actually met him with a mile to go and, and helped cross the finish line because at that point the LA marathon has already started taking down the finish line. So there's sort of a separate area that they go off to. Um, so there was just a group of us there waiting for him and it was just so amazing and so inspiring. And we have such passionate individuals in our club and so committed and so compassionate that 
when we do these things, like we go to a lot of races and set up cheer stations where we have 20, 30, 50 people come just to cheer on the 20, 30 runners that are running the race. Um, when you see that and when you're part of you know, a club where you see that everyone cares about each other, it attracts more similarly like-minded people. You know, when you give to your runners, they're more likely to give back. Um, and in turn, that generates just this feeling um, that it's, it's hard to describe, uh, but it's just, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to see how much support and how much love everyone has for each other. Do you guys have any goals or any projections here in the future? Like, what is, is there anything that you guys are working towards as a club or is it just a community that you've built to maintain or sustain that? Sure. Well, we're always trying to grow the club. Um, you know, as of now, I don't think we've reached the limit of where we can be successful with the number of members we have. We're always trying to give different experiences um, to our members, not just uh, running, um, but also socially, because like I said, we're, we're family, so we like to hang out outside of just running. Uh, so we do kind of some fun things. Um, I know this podcast is going to air after the after tonight, uh, but one of the runs that we're having tonight, we're following up with a pizza and, and beer party um, with one of our sponsors, Michelob Ultra. Uh, and then we've got some events. We have a holiday party coming up in December, and then we're all decorating Rose Bowl parade floats together at the end of December. Uh, and then other things we're looking to do is give back to the community a little bit more. Now that we have enough members and we have the resources, both in manpower and financially, and as an established club, we're able to give back a little bit more. We just did a great event the month of October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, where we were able to raise a lot of money, raise awareness by running in pink shirts and running around the community. Um, we donated a, a, a substantial amount to the Susan Komen Foundation. Uh, so we're looking to do more of that uh, as we continue to grow the club. And then eventually, and this has always been a personal thing of mine, is I would really love to see SBRC put on our own race. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm sure you guys would get tons of people out to that one. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few races in Southern California, or in, in Manhattan Beach and, and the surrounding communities. Um, in fact, one of the things that I didn't mention about my running uh, is that I'm active and on the race committee for the Manhattan Beach 10K, which is the South Bay's you know premier uh, running race. Um, and in a couple of years, we'll be taking over as race director. So wow. I'm very excited about that. Um, That's awesome. All right, Michael, we do have to wrap things up here pretty quickly. Is there anything that we missed in the interview or anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, I think one of the things that I was thinking about talking about and sharing is I really want to encourage runners to find their love and run for themselves. Um, I see too often we've gotten to a, a society where we're caring too much about likes on our posts on Facebook and Instagram. And it bothers me a little 
because I just see so many people who are constantly promoting their runs. And I know that some of for, for, for many of them, it's they want to inspire others, which is great. And I know for for some, it's a way to hold themselves accountable. Um, but for too many, uh, it's running becomes more about, you know, this idea that if I run, people will, you know, people will look at me differently and, and like me more. And we've become such a society now where you're constantly checking your phone and not necessarily enjoying the experience, but it's almost a stressful experience and causing a lot of anxiety and depression because people are looking at their phones thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't get enough likes. Um, and I just sort of wanted to use this platform as a way to hopefully, you know, inspire others to to run for the love of it, run for yourself. Um, and then if you can inspire other people, uh, that's great. Um, but really fi find find the passion in running because that's the most important thing. I love that message. There's been some talk and maybe who knows what ha was going to happen here in the future. But at least at this time, we all get, well, most of us gauge our success around likes or um, on Facebook and in social media, we have our views on videos. And I re heard some recent news that Instagram is talking about getting rid of likes. So I was kind of messing around. I put, threw up a post on my page and I said, oh, like, oh, I said something like, oh my gosh, Instagram is getting rid of likes, possibly. How are we going to measure our own self-worth? And uh, I just thought that was funny. I entertain myself sometimes. But I love what you're saying here. I love your message because many times we take pictures or we gauge our own success or our own self-worth on something that isn't real like you know you could be being very be very successful or you could find a whole lot of happiness in running but then you put up your post and you don't find what you're looking for and then we're disappointed so um yeah i love that message i appreciate you sharing that with us yeah and i mean listen i'm the first to say let he amongst us without sin be the first to condemn i mean i'm i'm a victim of it myself and i you know i try to you know distance myself from it as much as possible and and when I'm posting things, you know, figuring out the reason as to why I, I always try to ask myself, why am I posting? Is it is it, you know, for a vanity exercise or is it for something else? And I think just more people should should look at that. Yeah, if I could take a I'll take a step back here and take that before we wrap things up a, a deeper approach here. I think a lot of times people put together podcasts or radio shows or whatever it is certainly was the reason I started my first radio show which turned into a podcast which is exploring mind and body but i thought i wanted to start a new podcast is transformations through running and the reason i did it wasn't because i wanted to see how many listeners we could get is because i found your running group and i found that all these incredible stories and i thought i was i was like well how can we contribute i want to be a part of this community because you guys were so amazing i seen all these pictures and posts and communication and then we started to come out running with you guys. But that for me is something I, I very, very rarely look at how many downloads we have. And I think it's really great we get to share our stories with other people and hopefully inspire them. But this is this podcast here is something that I can say is for this community. And it doesn't matter uh, metrics or analytics. None of that really matters. It's really about making connections and sharing these stories. So um, I appreciate you guys having the South Bay Running Club and welcoming us to come in and put this show together and being a part of what you guys created 
Well, it's been great having you and your wife as part of the club, but it's um, I'm also so happy that you came up with this podcast because I do think that it is incredibly inspirational um, and really helps people understand, better understand themselves. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's the first time I heard that. I mean, for me to hear these stories, I feel like it's changing me a bit. But for others, anytime I go on someone else's show, I find out new things about myself from their questions. So that's pretty cool to hear that we have the opportunity to ask different questions and have some of our, our guests look from within and maybe find out where who they are or where they're going just from learning more about themselves. Well, I know I'm looking forward to the to season two. Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for joining us today on Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Live community here as we grow through different ways. And this podcast, certainly one of them. That was incredible. I absolutely love that. As you noticed, this show is much longer than a lot of the shows that we put together. I suppose that's what's nice about podcasting is that a little bit different than our radio show, which is Exploring Mind and Body another podcast as well but through radio we have strict guidelines you'll notice that every show is 30 minutes in length but you can also find that as a podcast on itunes spotify stitcher your other favorite podcasting platforms but we have to be very regimented with how much time that where shows are this one here is running up to about 50 minutes so i hope that you enjoy there's tons of information that michael and i talked about and shared and it's so interesting i feel like we could have talked for another hour but i so much appreciate you hanging out with us sticking around being a part of the show being a part of the community whatever it is whether you're part of sbrc or whether you're you found us on a podcasting platform or social media. We couldn't be more grateful you're here with us. I think that's an incredible story that Michael had to share for his own, him personally, 55 pounds in eight months is amazing. And then starting the South Bay Runners Club is in its own right. It's, it's amazing on its own. So uh, thank you so much for being here with us. We are on social media. So if you want to check out more details about what we have going on, we're on facebook.com slash trueformlife. You can always find us there. We post a couple times a day. We have our own different kind of groups and communities that we're building ourselves as well. It's all directed towards nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We really specialize energy, excuse me, in energy and digestion. That's something that we work towards with our products and services. So if there's anything we can do to help you out, let us know. We do have our Complete Truth Protein product that we've talked about here earlier on the show. So if you'd like to give it a try, let us know. If you need a boost of energy or if you need some added nutrients, I know breakfast is a tough one. And I also know that after long runs, getting the, that those calories, quality calories and nutrients back in your body to help heal your body can be a challenge as well so that's something it can definitely help with as well more details are at trueformlife.com and then we have our we're on instagram i wanted to mention as well because we're finding a lot of connections through the show and through running and i love following sbrc and some of the other runners that we found and we've had other guests that we've had we i love following them to see what they're doing on their runs and see what pictures they've put up some of their pictures are, are amazing so if you'd like to connect on instagram it's instagram.com slash drew tadia and all our past shows are on trueformlife.com once again thanks so much for being here hope to catch you on the next show